Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 92. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing today? Feel old. That's right. I heard it's somebody's birthday today. Yeah, I turned 35 today. Yay. Uh, uh, so if you were due for a new contract in the NHL, you'd get one of those like old people contracts where it's like yes, no move because you're over 35 years old. Yeah. They can't insure my old bones anymore, and it's just, is he going to be dead yet or what? Although, <laughs> it's only 35. Though my foot hurts, my back is hurting, I couldn't sleep at all last night. I have to ask, have you ever had a dream that feels, it's actually a nightmare. Have you ever had a nightmare that feels like a horror movie? I've had bad nightmares, so I guess. But like in, in this case, it's not the action isn't happening to me per se. It's all me watching in a way like my eyes are the camera during the dream, of course. And I'm seeing everything unfold as if I'm watching a horror movie. Nothing is happening to me. I'm not in any danger whatsoever. But the danger that is unfolding in front of me is, again, happening in front of me. And it's uh, just it's very vivid. It's just a, a clear bad guy. And it's very coherent. Like, it's not some random kind of like, and then we fell down a hole into marshmallow land. Yeah, no, that's definitely not happened to me. It was very creepy. Uh, and so I got up at like 2 in the morning, and I could not fall back asleep. You were scared. I was scared, yeah. I don't like going back to sleep because then it's like, I'm going to go right back into the dream. Yeah, that's and the worst. I don't want to do that. So I just stayed up all night reading Reddit. So thank you, Reddit, for keeping me up all night. Okay, there you go. Well, <laughs> happy 35th birthday to you, Mitch. Many Yay. more. So hopefully you had a pretty good day. I myself, I was just telling you before we started the show, my boss was not in today, so I had more of a relaxing day. Although my place of business followed me on Twitter, so I'm a little bit Ooh. on edge now. Like, I, I don't know if they're like watching me. I don't know. So, Got to keep that above board, buddy. I know. So that is definitely going to be something I'm keeping an eye on. With that, Mitch, shall we get into it? Episode number 92. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, edition Vladimir Malikov. Oh, okay. Thank you. Only I, player to ever wore 92 for the Islanders. 125 points in 166 games for the Islanders. That's pretty good. What's up? How about so, that? Drafted in the 10th round in 1989. Nice. That's pretty good value. That's pretty good 10th round. They don't even have those anymore. No, it doesn't go that long anymore. 
That's right. So what we're going to do today is we're going to focus a lot on the draft, actually. We know that's coming up next month, so we're going to start focusing on that a little bit and some stuff that's coming up in June, the draft being one of them. So our first topic is going to be a question that we're going to try and answer. Should the Islanders draft a center? We know it's a position. We know it's a position of need. Should they go position of need at 23 overall? Mitch, sell me. Yes. So we're assuming they're taking the pick, right? We're not thinking that they're going to trade it? Correct. If you stay and put at 23, you're taking yeah. a center. Yeah, you have, you have to. Well, there's always the idea. There's two schools of thought when it comes to the draft. You draft for need or you draft the best player available. And you should technically always draft the best player available. But at a certain point, you have to stock your, your, your system in a certain position. And it's not to say that we need centers at the NHL level, so we need to draft centers. That's kind of true, but that's not the reason we, we should be looking at centers. Is that we don't really have any centers in the pipeline. And if there's any position that's difficult to play, at least up front, it's center. Not a lot of centers make it to center. They usually get pushed out to the wing. That's true. So if you can get a guy to play center who can play center at the NHL level, you do that. Not many guys go from the wing to center. No, only Otto Koivula. And that's ironically the Islanders' best center prospect right now. <laughs> yes. Like, Blade Jenkins is pretty good in the OHL, but he's in the OHL. We've never seen him play at the AHL level, which Otto Koivulu has done. Yeah, that's, that makes a little bit of a difference. So, like, and- I... I- Sorry. Okay. Um, I was going to say that, yes, they should draft a center. And no, it's not because they have to fill the need right now in the, at the NHL level. Because if you're doing that, you're making a huge mistake. Because let's be honest here. If you're picking someone 23rd overall, it's probably going to be three years before they make it to the NHL. Roughly, yeah. right? Yeah. You would assume three years. Yeah, I'd say so. Unless it's like some crazy, amazing prospect that no one saw coming. Right, but when usually when you take someone top three in the draft, you could expect an impact right away. Yeah. Anything after that, it's kind of like a year or two, and then especially in the later rounds of the the first, uh, that gets pushed back to maybe like two or three years. And each prospect's a little bit different, but it's not going to be an immediate impact. But like you said, they don't have any other depth really at, at center in their prospect pool. They really don't. No, they have it on the right wing, right? They have um, Wallstrom, Hosang. Uh, they have it on the left when it comes to Bellows. Uh, who am I missing here on the left? Why am I blanking? On there you go. Uh, you know, th- this is clearly the depth chart, but there's two in each. Center, they have Koivula. In the, on defense, they got Dobson, Wild, Aho, And in nets, Soderstrom, Sorokin. Like, there, there are prospects stepping up in all positions. And that's not to talk about the players who aren't even at the AHL level or at the tip of our tongue, like Sorokin. These are just the players that we're thinking of at top of mind. This isn't like the Blake Jenkins, the Arnaud Durandos, um, the Jacob Skareks back in in Europe. Like, these are players in other positions that the Islanders can fulfill. But on on, on center, in terms of center, you got Blake Jenkins after uh, Otto Koivula. And who knows what he can do at the AHL level. Yeah, there's no way to really know that just yet. We don't know what he's going to be. So the idea is to get more centers in. Um, but when you get to, to like 23 in the draft, there's not always a lot of centers left on the board that are, you know, first round material. Right. I have, I pulled up a mock draft so I could give you some names like in this specific one. Yeah. 
Connor McMichael is mocked to the Islanders at 23. Yeah, he's typically the one that sits there. He's, what, playing for the Linden Knights as like 72 points or something like that in 67 games? Yes. Uh, he He's also 18 years old, Canadian-born, six foot, 170 pounds. Uh, someone else who's right around there is Brett Leeson, who's a little bit older. He's 20 already. He's 6'5", 198, a big boy. Yeah, see, I'm I'm wary of big boys in the in the OHL, just because we've seen Dal Cole do it. Right, they, uh, Brett Lindros is a great example. Power forwards at the OHL who are huge dominate because they're playing against kids who, like 17, 18, 19 year olds, uh, typically who aren't that big, and so they can dominate them physically. Uh, so I get wary about that. It's not to say he's a bad player and couldn't turn out. It's just. Uh, there's, there's, I cringe a little bit. Yeah, I do too, especially because it's an older prospect. I usually would rather draft younger because, like we said, if you're taking someone at 23, it's probably going to take him a couple years before they make it to the NHL. He's 20 years old already, so he'll be, what, maybe 23, 24 when he's making his NHL debut when you rather go 17, 18-year-old and they'll be 20 years old, 21 years old coming up. Yeah, exactly. That's ideally what you'd want to do. Um, but there's a few more out there, right? Like Ryan Suzuki is an interesting one, especially considering what his yeah. brother has been doing. But it's just he's linked somewhere with like 18, depending on, on what mock draft you're looking at. Like I'm looking at um, Tankathon, but I know Ryan or Corey Pronman has just put out his and he's got Ryan Suzuki, pardon me, going 15. So he's probably not going to be on the board by the time the Islanders pick. No, yeah, he probably, that's a good point. He probably won't be there at that point. Uh, we didn't think Oliver Wallstrom or Noah Dobson would be there. You know, the draft becomes kind of a crapshoot, especially from like the, usually you know who like the top five, ten players are going to be roughly, just the order might change up a little bit. But after that, it kind of, you know, guys, Guys fall, for lack of a better term. Like, Bodie Wild was probably supposed to be a top 15, top 20 pick, and he went all the way to the second round. 41, so, was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, yeah, that's not good. No, uh, it really isn't. So, uh, at at the moment, it looks like the Islanders could really use some center depth. I know that they took uh, a center in the second round last year, no? Yeah, R- Ruslan Iskakov. Yeah. So and he he played well at the NCAA level, right? He got injured at the start, but you know he he picked it up after he got back from injury. Uh, but who knows? Who knows what he's going to do? NCA NCAA, like you're not necessarily sure. But at least there's there's someone there. I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah, there. Okay. Yeah, there is someone there. And when the Islanders are picking at 23, I don't think they would have to reach for a center. Like there's good value picks at 23 who play center where it's not like, okay, we're just picking for need no matter what, even if we have to reach for someone who maybe you don't rank as high. Cause that's the thing you want to find the right balance. Yes. In a perfect world, you probably take best player available, Yeah, but you have to be mindful of that because if you just keep loading up, like if they took another defenseman in the first round, like what are, what are they going to do with all these bodies? Like you have to start filling other needs. You trade them, obviously, but like, there's only so much you can trade, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I'm with you. I would ideally like to pick a center. If like Alex Newhook for some stupid reason falls, you know he's he's here for Corey Pronman. He's got him ranked 11th, and I think Tankathon he was 15th. 
He was 14th. So he's he's around that range. But if he falls and you, you see him, he's still on the board at like number 17, the Islanders need to make a move to move up. You're high on this kid. I think he's great. He's got everything. He's got speed. He's got vision. He's got pl- stick handling ability. He's got everything you need. He's not necessarily big at 5'11", um, but I think he's still pretty young if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 18. Uh, yeah, so like he's only 18 years old. Can he really like edge closer to that that six foot range? Probably, you know, be like a little. And then and then as soon as he hits six zero, it looks a lot different than five eleven. He's already yeah. one ninety, so he's a solid guy. I just, I that's that's what I want. That's what I want. I I agree with you. I think they have to if they are keeping their first round pick, and they're staying at twenty three. It's got to be a center because, like we mentioned already, you're kind of getting to the point where you can't keep loading up on the same position because that's not a good allocation of resources. Right. Um, but would you be upset if they were to take a defenseman? I don't know if upset's the right word, but I would. I don't know how I'd feel about it. I'd be a little disappointed maybe. Yeah, I think that's just it too. Like, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't leave the draft going like, shucks, we should have done better. Or I wouldn't be like New York Knicks fans losing their minds at every draft. <laughs> Uh, but I would be kind of like, all right, well, there's another D. Throw him in the pile, I suppose. But if, you know, it's still like, well, if they could work out. If, if that was the best player in the draft, all right, then I'll give them that. I'm not the one sitting there researching them all day. Um, but I, I really would like, I would like a center. I would really like a center. And now that we've talked about that and pretty much agreed on taking a center would be the right move, I know you wrote a piece this week, and you were talking about 23rd overall picks from the last decade and a little bit more than that. So I think we should probably get into that about what you can expect from a 23rd overall pick. Not great stuff, really. Um, so what I did is I, I pulled, like you said, a decade's worth of 23rd overall picks, and I started from 2015 back. Uh, the reason I took 2015 is I didn't think it would be fair to look at 2016 picks just because there's a lot of picks in that draft in the first round that just didn't play in the NHL or haven't played in the NHL yet. Uh, the reason I'm looking at the first round is I said, okay, who, who came out at 23 and how do they compare to the rest of their peers within that first round? Okay, uh, And not only just all first round picks, but first round picks of their position. So if you picked a, a, a forward, how do they rate against forwards? So you pick a D, how do they rate against D? Uh, and most picks were defensemen, like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. There were six defensemen picked at three forwards, one goalie. Most defensemen don't they don't stack up. Like on average, they're below the average line, even. So like the baseline of zero, most defensemen are hitting negative numbers in terms of games played compared to their their competition in the draft, uh, goals, assists, and points. So again, this is rated against other defensemen. On average, they're not scoring as much and they're not playing as much when you're hitting number 23 by like a considerable margin. Uh, Mark Pysik is the only one who's above average or floating at the line with more than 93 games played compared to the average of his peers in the 2010 first round. He's at a negative one goal, three more assists and two more points. So he's right there. He's, he's like, like we say in French. Um, but other ones are hitting like negative 29s. Then you got Connor Bleakley just two years ago. Or sorry, not two years ago. In 2014, still hasn't played in the NHL. Not, not yeah. a single game. That's pretty rough. 
but then you have in 2015, Brock Besser was taken 23rd overall. That's a pretty good pick. So you got Brock Besser and Andre Burakovsky that are bringing up the kind of caliber of player you can expect to take at number 23. And, and I think the lesson learned here is that you will probably draft an NHL player at number 23. Just that NHL player could range from anywhere from maybe a first-line player to a fourth-line player. Yeah, you're... And it's, sorry, more so towards the fourth line. I yeah, say. the further back you go, the less likely you are to hit on like a big-time impact player. Like, yeah, yeah, it happens later in the first round, in the middle rounds. Like, you know, Anders Lee was a sixth-round pick. Like, mm-hmm. stuff, stuff happens. We understand that. But in most cases, you are getting your studs in the top 15. And then I think if you are... Picking where the Islanders are at 23, you should go into it with the expectation that, yes, they should be an NHL-level talent, but maybe not an impact player. No, you should not expect that. You're absolutely right. You should expect to go, we're getting a guy who can play at the NHL. Uh, What position? Who knows? Um, But he should be able to play at the NHL level. That's it. And to me, in this whole chart that you have, going from 2006 to 2015, the one that I think the best description of that is Andre Burakovsky, who is probably like a, a like a decent third line player. Yeah, decent at this point. He, I've even said that maybe we Barry Trotz can get more out of him and, and slot in a top six. But the guys hit twenty five points over the last two years, and and Max at thirty eight in year two of his NHL career. So, mm, nothing really there saying he's a top line player. Yeah, but he that's. He's a NHL quality guy. Yes. Like we're not saying he's you know the best of the best, but he deserves to play in the NHL, right? Which really bears the idea of should the Islanders even keep this? Um, if the idea is the only if the only reason that they're keeping this pick is that we want to make a pick and we want to have more uh, more players in our prospect pool, should you not draft down or trade tra- down? Trade down? Yeah. You could. Could you I, not just like package this for two late round second picks, or or late second round picks? I I mean you could, but I think that would be a mistake because the Islanders kind of stockpiled on draft picks last year. If you're going to move it, I would trade it for an NHL ready player. Yeah, well, I, that's why I'm saying like if your idea is that we want to keep this pick just because we want to make a pick, well then you're better off just making two picks in round two. You know, let someone else pull a Garth a Garth Snow move and pick a late round. Uh, our late first round player for two second round picks. Shop it around for that. There's yeah. got to be another Gar Snow out there. No, and and people do that. They move up, you know, giving up a second and maybe a later pick to get back into the first round to get somebody. Like we've seen that happen before, or maybe a team who has uh, a little bit of a later pick in the first round wants to move up. Like yeah, we there are different scenarios where that happens, but. I think the point we're trying to make here is that, yes, if you stay put at 23, there's a chance that you do get someone really good. But more often than not, you're probably just going to get an average to slightly below average NHL player. So you might as well use that pick to either A, get more draftable assets, meaning moving back, or B, trade it for someone who is a proven 
value at the NHL. So I, I just wrote something today about that, uh, just seconds before we came on on, on the mics, uh, in William Carlson. Okay. Right, like that's a player. Uh, I know we have a ton of time here, so I'm really not not just stretching for air, but I'm trying to fill this with something of value as well. Sure. Uh, Carlson's a player who's pretty darn good. Last I checked, right, 43 goals two years ago, 24 I believe this year. Yep. Uh, 67 goals in two years, and like 134 points over the last two seasons, something like that. Um, but they don't have any cap space in Vegas. Like, they're over the cap, over next year's cap, over the 2019-2020 cap by $124,000. Actually, 125. It's 124999 Okay. And they have four UFAs, four RFAs to sign. One of those RFAs is William Carlson. Where are they going to get the money to sign him? Obviously, they could trade other players on the roster. But, sure. you know, the idea is that he's probably available. If they don't have to re-sign him... And remember, they got him for nothing. They got him for diddly squat. Yeah, they so, got him in the expansion draft now. Exactly. So if you can send a first, a second this year, and a second next year to the Golden Knights to get him, wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I would. And like, you're not going to have to pay him Panarin money, right? We, we all saw the Arthur Staple uh, article today where he's got Panarin at 11, which is a fair number. It's absolutely yeah. a fair number. But you're not going to have to give Carlson that. You can probably give Carlson seven. And that saves you three million, sorry, four million dollars a year. Yeah, no, it, it does if you if you do it like that. Uh, what's he making now? He his know? last deal is five point two five for a single year. Yeah, I I would be comfortable with giving him seven million dollars, and I think he probably takes that. Yeah, the only issue is is he going to be a forty three goal scorer? Because again, he was not one this year, but he still put up fifty six points. Yeah, I would take a fifty six point player. And a center at $7 million. He shoots left, which kind of sucks because uh, the Islanders are deep enough on the left-hand side, you know, if, if they don't want to play him at center. Uh, but, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a whatever. That's a good problem to have. You got a 43-goal score on the left side. You got an extra 40-goal score. Just because we had this debate last week, okay. the Brock Nelson talk, if, yeah. if you said that you could pay Brock Nelson $7 million or William Carlson $7 million, I'm taking William Carlson seven out of seven days a week. Ooh, that's a good... Wow. Oh, I didn't think of that one. Right, because we were talking last week about what mm-hmm. it would take to re-sign him, and is he a second-line center? And I think you could make the case, but Carlson, to me, is a better all-around player, and I'd be more comfortable giving him $7 million with his you know career-high number at 78 points Rather than Brock Nelson, whose career high is what fifty three? Yeah, yeah. And Carlson's recent low was fifty six. That was a down year for Carlson. This, right. But he's got two year or years before that in Columbus, where he's putting up twenty five points. So, sure. but then again, the usage is way down, right? His usage in Columbus was eleven minutes a night, I believe, whereas in Vegas it was up there near the twenties. Yeah, eighteen forty seven over the last two years. Yeah, so, you know, you give him some ice time, this guy's going to pay dividends for it. And the Islanders, that's the type of move the Islanders should make. It makes sense because you're bringing in a guy with top quality. You're bringing in, you're, you're not losing much, right? You In, in my scenario here, I, I laid out two scenarios. They either give um, the Golden Knights picks and, a, and prospects, or they give them just straight up picks. So they can give them 
Uh, I had Sebastian Ajo and Mitch, Mitch Van de Sample and a second round, or first, second this year, second next year. And I'm okay with either option, to be honest with you. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and this is, they've got, um, they've got Vegas where they had Boston a couple years ago, right, with Johnny Boychuk. Whereas you don't have the room to sign him. Let's make a deal. Pretty Same much. thing with Nick Letty. Let's make a deal. I just couldn't work out how many prospects. Like, we don't have the Ville Polkas anymore and uh, the TG Brennans that I can that I can see. Yeah. So I, I think that that's a good point. Maybe someone might not like it, and that, that's perfectly fine. They're trade scenarios. Like, they're, they're, they're not set in stone. But I think that's a good place for the Islanders to look to bring in another 40-goal score. Remember, that'd be two. That would be him and Andrews Lee on the same team. That's 80 goals potentially right there. Yes, but uh, again, all potentially. But the goal here this offseason is to add to your top six. So that certainly does just that. Exactly. There we go. Uh, Something else we have to talk about, Mitch, is one of our people getting snubbed. Oh, God, Jesus. And I'm not too happy about it. No. So, the nominees for GM of the year were announced. And Lou Lamarillo's name did not come up. And I think that is a crime, Mitch. That's <laughs> a crime. Yeah, definitely. So let's make the case for Lou Lamarillo right now. I can give you some solid reasoning for why he should be general manager of the year. Hear me out for a second. I know yes. you're, you're go amped for up it. about it, too. No, but I, you go for it. Take it away. Okay. So on July 1st, they lost their best player. The team was pronounced dead. Yeah. On July 1st, they like not even remotely close to the season starting, and the Islanders were dead. They were going to be a terrible team, and we, me and you both thought they were not going to be a playoff team. We didn't think that they would be good. We we're both wrong. Yeah, but Just like everyone else, they were pronounced dead. So what he does, he signs Robin Leonard for peanuts. Hold on to that one for a second. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's in the cap. Trades like their eighth best goalie prospect for Matt Martin. Yep. Signs Valtteri Filpula. Signs Leo Komarov. Brings back Thomas Hickey. Okay. Hold on. Not looking good so far. No, not on paper, no. Robin Leonard turns into a Vesna candidate with his season. (laughs) He also, the guy he traded for Matt Martin, for he gave up peanuts for him, he helped spark the Islanders' Beth best line. Yes, Casey Zekas is the best player on that line, no denying that, but the most consistent line the Islanders had this year was their fourth line, and their depth scoring is part of the reason why they won so many games. Now, the flip side to that is everyone's going to say, well, I think the reason why this team overachieved was more on Barry Trotz, but who is the person that hired Barry Trotz, Mitch? Lou Lamarillo. There is no Barry Trotz without Lou Lamarillo, so he deserves to have at least his name recognized on this list. Yeah. And that's my reasonings for it. Absolutely. Like on the Lou or on the Lou thing, on the Barry thing specifically, he said we're going to hire the best coach available. And even Barry Trotz was the best coach available. 19 years worth of experience, had a Stanley Cup ring, was the fifth most winningest coach at that time. Like you that's the best available option and they got him. And even then, Barry Trotz himself said, when Lou calls, I'm going to listen. You don't get that if Gar Snow's calling. No, of course not. So he doesn't get he doesn't get GM of the year. 
And I, I honestly, I don't think he cares. He's already a Hall of Fame builder, right? Like his legacy is not going to be tarnished by not being a GM of the year, of an award not. that was created in 2009. <laughs> he don't care, or 2010, I think it was. He doesn't care. But from a fan base perspective, you're going. I want to get recognized as often and as frequently as possible. And our GM did a hell of a job this season, turning this team around, this franchise around. And look, it wasn't just the hiring of Barry Trotz. Like, look at the work he did in the front office. He brought in Jacques Lemaire as a special assistant or special assignments coach. He brought in Mitch Korn, Piero Greco. He brought in um, Perlini. Uh, I forget, is it Steve Perlini, his cap guy? Right? I, I think so, yes. And then he also brought in Barry Trotz. Like, that's a complete redevelopment of the front office that he did within months. Like, those, all those hirings took place between June and September before Puck was dropped. The last one was Lemaire in September, I think September 14th or something. Um, that's an incredible... Like, look at all the talent that he brought in there. Barry Trotz, Mitch Korn, Piero Greco. Uh, who else that name? Jacques Lemaire has like 10 Stanley Cup rings to his name as both player and coach. Oh, and we also forgot something interesting with Lamarillo. Because I, I am cultivating what I want to talk about for the social segment as you go for a little mm-hmm. bit. So I'm on Twitter. He also gave Ryan Pulak and Devontae's <laughs> two ridiculously team-friendly contracts. They are combined for this past year and next year. Combined. Ryan Pulak and Devontae's, who you can make the case that could be your top pair next year, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's, it's sure. I, I, make, I don't I don't think so, but sure other people do. It could. Yes. yes. Combined. Two point <laughs> seven million dollars. I know. It's insane. Right. Not for one of them. <laughs> for both. <laughs> Wait, combined, that's what five point four million dollars, isn't it? Two point seven times two is five point four? Yeah. Less than a Nick Letty. Less than one year of a Nick Letty. It's a quarter of a Nick Letty. Th- this is this is Nick Letty together. Right, like they have, yeah, a quarter of a Nigletti. Insane, insane. So, Be- oh, it just and and it was it was move after move after move. The only downfall to Lou Lamorello is the trade deadline, which is ridiculous in and of itself. Like he, yes, he didn't add anything, but he also didn't lose anything. But you have to say he didn't win. He didn't win in the second round because of the moves, because of the lack of moves on. A trade deadline. However, I'm going to add a butt to the butt. They don't vote based on what you do in the playoffs, as far as I understand. No. It's regular season. So, what's up? I don't know. Maybe they they, they can't give the guy who's already in the Hall of Fame as a builder another trophy as a builder. I guess. Maybe that's just it. I guess. Maybe they're like, Lou, we want to get you in there, but like you're already in the Hall, bud. You don't need another trophy, do you? Or, uh, no... So. Yeah, I mean, probably not, but it would still be. Nice. But, like, when you look at the list, right, who's on the list? Doug Armstrong for St. Louis? And his his biggest claim is, like, I was able to trade for Ryan O'Reilly. Okay, you gave up, like, 50 billion prospects. So, like, all right, fine. I like the Tyler Bozak signing. He's one of my guys. Sure, that's a pretty good one. But, like. Lou Brodin and Valtteri Fupla, who was pretty darn good on the, as a third line center. No, yeah, no, yeah, you could. That's fair. And again, the argument you made for for Robin Leonard—that's the salient one to me. He brought in a Vezza finalist, a top three in his field, in his position. That's like bringing in a top three Norris contender. So that's bringing in uh, 
uh, what you call it, Eric Carlson or uh, Brent Burns, which Doug Wilson out in San Jose did, and he's not even named either. True. And also, Robin Leonard's making, what, one and a half million dollars for this past year? 1.5. Yeah, Ashura. you're right. Exactly. So, I don't understand. He got named, uh, Doug, Don Waddell from uh, Columbus, or Columbus, Carolina got named. He did some I work. Could, I could understand that. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs in a decade. You bring in a bunch of pieces, make some trades, wheeling and dealing. Okay, I'll give you that one. Sure. And well, then, I really don't understand the Boston one. That makes yeah, zero that's sense to me. Don Sweeney. A lot of people are saying, well, he brought in David Backus. Was that this year? Marcus Johansson? You're going, no, right, it, was, um, it was Marcus Johansson and uh, Charlie Coyle were the two big moves. Right. Charlie Coyle was a pretty good one. But like, it was good as in he brought in a good player. The trade was fine. It's not like he's fleeced the other guy. No, and, but... And is that the only like basis for uh, this award? Is that how many good trades did this guy do? I, I don't I don't know. And the thing is, they got worse on paper this year. Yes, they're in the Stanley Cup final. That's true. But they finished with 107 points. I say they finished with 114. But again, they don't vote for the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's just the thing. So you're right. Like, you vote down. Like, you, you had a worse year. Yeah, you brought in Charlie Coyle. Great. That you, Those moves usually don't work out for Boston. No, usually not. But And yes, 107 points. That's a great season. Yeah. It's just they did about what you'd expect them to do. They finished in second place in their division, which is exactly what I thought they would do this year. So for them, they didn't like overachieve in any way. They didn't do anything to wow me. Yes, they're in the Stanley Cup final, but they what did they do? <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? They did exactly what they're supposed to. Yeah, I know. I like if we're rewarding them for being good, then where is Tampa? They're the second best record in the NHL. Although, like, can you give Steve Eisenman in the award even though he's not there anymore? I guess not. Right, but why not? He's still GM of the year. He still did everything, but he left at the beginning of the season. So, and do you give it to who is there now? I'm forgetting. I want to say Stefan Quintal, but I know it's not him. It's a French name for sure. Um, either way, you, do you give Couldn't it to him? Me. He didn't really do anything. No, he didn't do anything either. So I, yeah, I don't know, dude. So I'm kind of bummed that Lewis isn't named. I, I get, I could understand a justification where like we're not going to give a builder the award. A builder who's in the Hall of Fame, the award, all right, fine. Hold my hands up. That's fine. Yes, his legacy is already cemented. I've said that like a million times already. Uh, but, man, it'd be nice to get recognized. It would be yeah. so nice to get recognized again. It would. But It absolutely would. It is what it is. We have to hang our hats on um, Robin Leonard getting two awards. Yeah. I mean, that... You could definitely talk about Robin Leonard getting some recognition, Barry Trotz getting some recognition. Right, so. that's true. He is in in contention for the the, the oh god, the Jack, Jack Adams. Adams. Thank you. Yeah. So that I could absolutely be satisfied with. So with that, you want to get into some social stuff? Yeah, we're running a bit early, but like, there's nothing really going on right now in the NHL. It's all just oh, Boston's in the Stanley Cup final. Oh, St. Louis is in the Stanley Cup final. That and they're not starting till. June? You gotta wait five days, I think. What? What kind of dumb scheduling is that? Why would they do that? Why do they have to wait so freaking long? I I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm watching the Mets right now, so that's where my focus is, but I would like to get back to some Stanley Cup playoff hockey, please. Very much so. I'd like to do that. I don't have to watch basketball as much as I like basketball. Uh, And my brewers are usually on a little late, so I I don't tend to watch them too much, but I have been watching, although Kristen Yelich has been missing. 
Yeah, not not as much fun without him. Wow, 17 NL MVP. Okay, yeah, social. Okay, so I want to do a little Islanders history for my social segment one. Okie doke. 365 days ago, Mitch. Oh, yes. The New York Islanders named Lou Lamarillo, president of hockey operations. Beautiful. And that was the best thing this team could have done. Because if you remember, I I know I remember it very well. (laughs) At the end of the season, there was a (laughs) panel. John Ledecky, Doug Waite, and Garth Snow. Mm-hmm. And they looked like the three Stooges after. There's like they, it was. It did not go well. It was a PR move that did not go well at all. We had disappointed dad on the far right and John Ledecky and his two miscreant sons. But afterwards, yeah, and it appeared at the time it looked like both Garth Snow and Doug Waite were going to stay. Correct? Yes, it did. There was a lot of defiance in their tone, like just smug defiance. Yeah, so it, it looked like the Islanders were going to stay put, which I think would have been a massive mistake. Massive Could you imagine mistake. them picking eleven and twelve in the draft? They probably would have. Garth probably would have traded it for like I don't know who, but like oh god, and, and that's fine. But I I couldn't imagine it would have been someone great. No, and who knows what happens with Tavares? It's a, the whole what if games. But at the end of the day, you go from arguably. The worst GM and head coaching duo <laughs> to yep. one of the best in the span of a month, a little yeah, more than about, a month. About that, I think Barry Trotz was hired in June, like mid-June or something. Yeah, June because, 21st, I think it was. Yeah, okay, so a couple months later. Oh, well, literally a month, a month after Lou was hired, right? Less, less than a month, because he was hired May 22nd, right. my birthday, and then Barry was hired on June 21st, I'm pretty sure. That sounds about right to me. So that's that's wild. Absolutely. It may have been July, now that I think about it, because the, the Cup, like if they're going five games, I think they went. That's still pretty early in June. Yeah, but the, but the point being, you yes, make you're right. th- you had that meeting in April. Then a couple months later, you have a Stanley Cup winning coach <laughs> in Barry Trotz and a Hall of Fame general manager. And yes, the Islanders lost their best player, but they had an amazing season. They got to the second round. We know it didn't go well in the second round, but they way overachieved, and the sky's the limit for next year. So that I'm excited for. Do you remember the letter that followed the the press conference? Like the next day, was it? The letter saying, like, we know it was a disappointment, but we're getting you Belmont, jerks. Yeah, that, yeah, that was super patronizing. Yeah, that sucked. I did not care for that. No, I, but they redeemed themselves, right? Like they they got the best available president of hockey ops, who then became the best available GM, who then brought in the best available coach, and then it just trickled down from there. Yeah, it works. Changing yeah. the culture. Changing the culture, one Gar Snow at a time. <laughs> How about you? What do you got for social? Uh, well, well, on that, it's uh, this is from at B. Derasmo, who says, One year ago, the New York Islanders hired Lou Lamarillo and put the franchise back on the map for the first time in my youthful lifetime. Uh, so, Sean Hockey, or Shawnee Hockey said, I could celebrate, and celebrate I will. And she's drinking what seems to be a margarita. Uh, so, I am also celebrating. Cheers, buddy. One year. One year, and it just feels so good. Oh, it feels so good. 
I can't see. I can't wait to see what they do. And I know Arthur Staple put something out today about yes. uh, different scenarios and different lines that they could come up with in in free agency and trades and stuff like that. I don't necessarily want to do that right now, but what I do want to say is it's really fun to look at the different scenarios and see what can be as early as next year. And and all are potentially believable, right? And to to varying degrees, but the fact that they're even believable because otherwise like they, they just wouldn't be believable just a year ago. They just wouldn't. No, absolutely not. And now I'm curious to see can the Islanders start to turn this thing around in terms of becoming a destination? Yeah, I think so. If they have a couple more years like this where they make the playoffs, they, they, they go strong in the regular season, I think that changes things. If they can get a couple of seasons like that under the belts before they get to Belmont, absolutely. Yes, I would very much. I think it would help if we see uh, shovels in the ground before July 1. Yeah, well, I don't know about July 1. I thought it was like July, mid-July that they're supposed to go in or something like that. Probably, but I just feel like it's better optics if like they actually start the process before free agency starts. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Like this is starting. We are doing this. Right. Like yes. Uh, even if they do it a couple weeks after free agency, like that's long term. Okay. But if you're someone from another team who maybe doesn't know the situation as well, like actually seeing the process of the stadium being built, yeah, probably helps. I would think. Yeah, for the Panarins and the Duchesnes of the world, absolutely, it, it helps. Absolutely. Okay, so with that, Mitch, let's I have get one some... more. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, this is kind of a shameless plug, but I put out a tweet. This was um, I've, I've been seeing these frequently throughout the week, where people are putting out these tiers. It's called Tier Maker, and then you can put various oh, NHL yeah. teams in various tiers. Okay. And there's a lot of them like have so it goes love, really like, like, meh, dislike, really dislike, hate. I changed the last one. It was actually a little bit more vulgar than that. It was not to be repeated on a, on a family podcast like our own. Okay. And there's a lot of teams like they have Islanders up top. And then there's a few they under really like and even like. And I'm going, why do you like other teams? I don't understand this. I thought that there's just one fan base. And then if you happen to like that, this other team happens to be playing, you'll watch. That doesn't mean you'll really like them. Really like is just if the Islanders weren't around or if the Islanders aren't around, you would go for this team. I don't. I don't cheer for another team. It's the Islanders, and that's it. I will watch another team play, but I will always watch the Islanders first and foremost. No question. Oh, one hundred percent. And we're only talking about hockey. This is in other sports. Yes. For me, I and for most sports too. Like I have other hockey jerseys that aren't Islanders, but for me, I think the reason is because I root for players more than I root for teams. Like I'll have other guys that I love in like for me one of the first uh players that I that helped get me into hockey was uh I say it all the time Marty St. Louis so I have a Marty St. Louis Tampa Bay Lightning jersey because to me that's a really big influence in my my hockey life I also have uh Anaheim Ducks jersey from uh the 90s the Timu Solani one because I think it's a really cool jersey and I like Timu Solani so that I would do but I wouldn't say like I'm a Ducks. I like the Ducks, or That's I right. really like the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I'm I have with you. their I, jerseys. I have an autographed Guy Lafleur jersey in, in a, a Quebec Nordiques jersey. That's I just, just cool. I just like Guy Lafleur because I know when, when I was I was too young before he started playing or before he retired. But like his hair flowing behind him, my parents always told me about that. 
I have an autographed Thomas Placanis jersey because I, I love Placanis. The turtleneck, love mm-hmm. it. And the way he played, fantastic. But yeah, I'm not a Habs fan. I'm not an Ordeaux fan. I'm an Islanders fan. So I, I did the tier maker and I put Islanders love. Every other team under meh, because I don't care about them. Every other metropolitan division team under dislike, because how could you not? And then the, uh, the Rangers and Toronto Maple Leafs under hate. And that should be everyone's bracket. It should be no different than that. I might put the Pittsburgh Penguins in hate. Really, huh? Yeah, I don't like them at all. I don't care for them, but like, I don't want to give them the satisfaction of knowing they get under my skin. But as Toronto, I just can't get away from it. I just can't do it. They just... My blood boils when I see that stupid maple leaf and that stupid butt underneath the leaf. <laughs> I can't... I can't say I disagree with you. Obviously. But, no, okay, so you would rank the, the Penguins lower. Is there any other team that you would rank higher? No, not was, really. Yeah, I was yeah, trying I to don't catch think, you there. Yeah, no, I don't think I would. What about another team? Would you rank another team lower? Um, Is there another team you absolutely hate? I could hate uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, I, I can the, get like, in on that. We're the Broad Street Bullies, and we have to beat everyone up. Like, no, that's not how you play the game. It's really not it. Like, it's not the 1970s anymore. Chill out. Yeah, I could. Uh, yeah, I could maybe move them into hate. I, the Capitals and Bruins, I wouldn't put in there, but I do hate Marchand and Wilson. Can we I move the, the Washington Capitals goal horn under hate? Just oh, the yeah. goal horn. Yeah, just that the horn. Stupid yeah. police iron. Yeah. Okay, God. I think that's fair then. Okay, that's all I've got <laughs> for the social okay. segment. That, that was, was good. I like that. That was an interesting one because I have seen that. And yeah, there's like some random ones where it's like really like the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, <laughs> what? That's kind of random. Why? It's, it's like, fair. It could be justified. It's just kind of like why? What? I'm more with you though. Like I don't, I don't hate the Sharks. But- yeah. I'm indifferent towards them. I will watch them play, but I won't be like, well, the Islanders aren't around. Put on the Sharks uniform. Brent Burns, what's up? Yeah. No. So anyway. All right. that That's going to pretty much do it. So let's get some plugs in here before we get on out of here. So wherever you are listening to this, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. It really helps us out with our searchability and helps us create even more stuff. So we appreciate all the love and support. If you could do that, that would mean a lot. Also be sure to follow along with us on social media at eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. I'm Matt O'Leary and why on Twitter, Mitch is T L O Mitch. You could like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on Isles. You could download our app available for iPhone or Android, the eyes on Isles app, or you can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Lastly, if you're not already, please make sure to subscribe to our Patreon. We do bunches of content over there for 5 bucks a month. You can get, during the regular season and playoffs, post-game podcasts and mailbag shows. And now, since it's the summer, what we're doing is different summer episodes, like we are going to be talking about Robin Leonard pretty soon. Uh, Mm -hmm. tomorrow we are talking about if he is the starter for next year. And if they do a one, a one B system, we're going to also get into what we think he is worth free agency wise. So it'll be different things like that throughout the off season and deep dives and fun stuff like that. And the mailbag that's that we're recording right now. 
Yes, and the mailbag where we answer your questions. So if that seems like something of interest, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Once again, you've been listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 92. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.